Hola, mi gente. I'm Janice Torres Rodriguez, and you're listening to Millennial Wealth Builders. Co-hosted by Aquania Escrenay, the host of The Purpose of Money, and Danielle Desir, the host of The Thought Card, Millennial Wealth Builders series is where we share the stories of women of color building wealth. But this isn't your ordinary interview-based show. Throughout the series, you'll be hearing from women who are creatively securing the bag, stacking coins, you know what we mean. Janice Torres Rodriguez is a nationally acclaimed Latina money educator, writer, and host of Yo Quiero Dinero podcast. She became an accidental entrepreneur after a job loss led her to create a Latin food blog, Delish Delights. Now she helps her clients and listeners build successful online businesses that allow them to pursue financial independence and freedom. In this episode, we talked to Janice about what money was like for her growing up, how even though she graduated from college with a degree in molecular biology and chemistry and made over $75,000 in her 20s, why she started side hustling. We also talk about her decision to quit her nine to five job to pursue entrepreneurship. And she shares some wonderful advice for content creators and bloggers. Millennial Wealth Builders, co-hosted by Danielle Desir and Aquania Escarnay, highlights financial opportunities less known in communities of color. Our hope is that these episodes will empower, educate, and also give you new ideas for how you can build wealth in the 21st century. Now, this is episode number 11 of the 12-part audio docu-series, and we encourage you to check out other episodes in this series, including How to Achieve Financial Freedom with Jamila Souffrant, also How to Invest in Mobile Homes and Build a Mobile Home Investing Business with Rachel Hernandez, as well as How Women of Color Advance in the Workplace with Minda Hartz, and so much more. You can head over to the link in the show notes to go ahead and check out the entire Millennial Wealth Builders archive. Here is Janice Torres Rodriguez's wealth building story. Money was something that you had to work very hard for. My father was and still is a consultant. So a lot of his career consisted of traveling and he would leave on Monday morning and come back on Friday. And he was the primary breadwinner of the household up until I was in high school. My mom didn't even work full time because his schedule was so demanding that she needed to be home to be able to take care of us. And so I thought that in order to make a lot of money, you had to sacrifice time, energy, your family, your sanity, your health. That's just what came with building wealth. And it wasn't until much later that I realized that that toxic mentality is how I also showed up in the workplace for a while. I just figured I'm going to go into a field where I'm going to make a lot of money. And hopefully that is what makes me happy. And I kept making more money. So side hustling for me was very much a, an exercise in frustration about the lack of enthusiasm I had about my career. And so side hustling provided a creative outlet for me to do something other than this soul-sucking career that I had signed myself up to do. 
So my food blog, Delish Delights, was never meant to be a business. And I think it's because I didn't actually know I was creating a business. I think a lot of side hustlers are guilty of this. We're just like, you know, creating these things and not really, we don't have a plan for them. But after getting laid off about six months after starting my blog, I realized that I had a desire to not go back to work. I told my husband, I'm like, I got fired and like, this is cool. This, this is okay. I, I could do this forever potentially. Um, but I didn't have the structure in place to be able to do that for a long period of time. But that was the catalyst for me wanting to learn how I could turn this into a business. So after getting laid off, I took a course in food blogging. I spent a lot of time on Google and YouTube, really just teaching myself how you actually monetize an online brand like a blog. And after two years, I was able to monetize it. But during that time, I already had this idea that I was going to do this. And that's definitely what kept me going. And it's also because I just love doing it. I'm a foodie at heart. I love cooking. So it was, it never felt like work to me. It just felt like something that I would do for free. And so I think that's a key uh, message that I want to give to side hustlers. It's like, if you wouldn't do this for free, you definitely shouldn't try to monetize it because otherwise you might just be setting yourself up for another career of doing something you hate just because of the money. I I had the inkling that this was something that I wanted to do around 2018. I was introduced to the concept of financial independence and the FIRE movement talks a lot about entrepreneurship and how you can create passive income sources on the internet that can allow you to retire early and become work optional. So once I found out about that and I realized that I already had something that was creating around that time, I was making like maybe two to $3,000 a month. So that was the plan at that point. I had to scale this up to a place where it could replace my full-time income, which I was making over six figures at this point. I was making over $100,000. So that was the first indicator that I had set for myself. Like once you've gone to this point, you can quit. Then it was a matter of also talking to my husband about what the plan would look like for retirement for me, for healthcare, because I don't have any entrepreneurs in my family. So I didn't have anybody to ask these questions to, but I knew at least that I could get health insurance through him because he still has a nine to five and there are options for retirement um, when it comes to being an entrepreneur. So once I had those major things in place, I also met with a CFP to make sure that my financial picture in general was solid. So did I have a robust enough emergency fund? Was I out of debt that was going to keep me in, you know, stress mode making this transition? And so luckily I had paid off my debt at that point. I got rid of my student loans and I had my full emergency fund. I bulked it up even more. And I also was contributing the max that I could to my retirement accounts at work before I made the leap. I had gotten the blessing of my friends and family, which I think is a big part of, you know, that psychological piece, I was ready to make the leap. Ironically enough, now that my blog earns over $10,000 a month, I don't actually have to blog anymore, which is wild to a lot of people. They don't understand the concept of like this creating a passive income source. It requires a lot of upfront effort. So for many years, I was consistently blogging once a week at minimum. And I actually stopped around the end of 2020. And I haven't blogged since And my, it just really just does its own thing at this point. So that's the power of especially blogging as a passive income source. Once you have enough traffic and it's consistent, 
that's when you can literally just walk away and kind of let it do its thing. Now I do do regular maintenance on the website. I update old posts. I might reshoot a really old recipe that, you know, doesn't have the best pictures. I might restructure some of the formatting, but it really is just like a self-run machine at this point. And so the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand about blogging is that upfront work that needs to happen. How to actually get traffic to a place where you can create this level of income, it's a science. Search engine optimization is a really key principle in creating digital content, whether you're talking about you know blogs or social media or whatever. But understanding how to drive traffic to your website is key. That's what I really started honing in on around 2016. And that's what changed the game for me. That's how I went from not making any money to then being able to consistently monetize. But that's not the only way that bloggers can monetize. I also do um, sponsored content. So I'd get hired by companies to create recipes with their products. And while organically weaving in their messaging to my stuff, I would also get hired to do um, like brand partnerships and also affiliate marketing. So there's a lot of different ways that you can monetize a blog. I know people that create digital courses um, that sell products that connect e-commerce stores. There's so many ways of making money on the internet. It's really limited by your imagination. Yeah. So I think entrepreneurship in general kind of sparked this overall, like, wow, I don't know anything about money. You know, these thoughts start to show up for me. And I realized that I was learning about a lot of this stuff from social media, but I didn't hear any of these conversations happening in my own circles. So I became the person who people saw doing stuff like side hustling, like investing. I was always talking about money and my friends would be like, can you teach me this stuff? And so I think that's how it started for me and just realizing that these are not conversations we're having in the Latinx community. And as an engineer, I think I'm also programmed to find solutions to problems uh, because that's kind of how we're trained. And so I identifying the fact that this niche existed and it wasn't being served is what really inspired me to insert myself into the conversation. I had been listening to podcasts for years and I really wanted to find women of color who were talking about this. But every time I searched on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you know, you, the same people come up. You're hearing like Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, Jean Chatsky. And it's like, okay, but like, where's the Latinas? Where's the black women? Where are the women of color who are talking about this? Because I know we're starting businesses. I know we're investing. I know we care about money because money impacts us all. Um, so why aren't we having the conversation? And and that's really the the spark that lit the flame. I think having the faith that I could turn this into a full-time business helps you just show up in a different way. You start really getting serious about things like your pricing, right? Because your pricing is now going to determine how much food is on the table. And when it's still a side hustle, I feel like we can tend to just see that as like play money. Like we don't have to take things as seriously. We don't have to ask for as much. So giving myself permission to really live into what it is to be a business owner before taking the leap to entrepreneurship was something that I decided to do at the beginning of this year. I said, I'm not going to pay myself through my W2 paycheck. I'm going to pretend like that money doesn't exist. And I'm going to start paying myself through my business. And if I can see that that's sustainable, then I know I've already created the, the, you know, the, the runway, if you will, for me to be able to now take this leap confidently, knowing that I'm the one that's paying my bills. Like this paycheck that I'm earning doesn't even matter. 
So I think like doing those test runs um, is, is something that I would definitely advise so that you get into the rhythm of paying yourself and just putting, uh, you know, food on the table. Um, along with that, you know, I think there's a lot of psychological stuff that you have to deal with when you're deciding to make the leap. For me, as the first person in my family to not only get a college degree, but a master's degree, I had to wrestle with this idea that I might be disappointing my family by choosing this alternate path that nobody imagined for me. And that takes a lot of mental work that takes therapy that takes, you know, finding a community of people. I, I really had to find like other Latina entrepreneurs that I could lean on when I'm making this transition. Cause my family wasn't going to understand. You know, I told my dad, Hey, I want to quit my job. And he's just like, but why? Like you're making money with your side hustle and your job. So just do both of them. Meanwhile, I'm like, dad, I'm like, I've gained like 20 pounds. I can't sleep. I'm working like 17, 18, 19 hours a day, seven days a week. This is not sustainable. Like I know we're all about the hustle and the grind, but I'm also not trying to be a prisoner of my life. Right. So having those conversations and having that level of transparency, especially with my family was a big part of it. And, you know, my mom, she was just like, are you sure? Like, are you sure you can do this? And I had to start showing her the numbers. I really had to start showing her mom. I'm making double in my business right now than what I am getting paid at work. Like imagine what I could do if I had all this extra free time to just focus in on what I actually want to do. And, and that was what convinced them ultimately, like they, this was going to be a good decision. Uh, Cause you can't argue with the numbers. <laughs> they are blown away. They were, my father, the other day I, I was visiting them because um, they're in New Jersey and I'm in Florida. And he's just like, I don't even recognize you anymore. I don't even know like who you are. Who is this person that I'm talking to? Because if I couldn't even imagine what you're accomplishing, you know, and it's just exceeding your own expectations is one thing, but like seeing your family light up when they like, I almost feel like I gave them permission to also start questioning the status quo. Like my mom is now just like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to wait five years to retire. I'm not about this life anymore. Um, and she's like, I'm, I feel like I'm giving them permission to just dream bigger by doing this. And that is so satisfying because at the end of the day, like you never know who you're inspiring. Um, and sometimes like just moving in authenticity with what you want can, can give people the confidence to also do the same thing. What advice would you give to bloggers and content creators about growing their platforms? I initially struggled with how I was going to show up in the personal finance space. And I think that's a result of this expectation that so many of us as like women of color have, like we need to be corporate friendly or we need to code switch in order to be in an environment where we don't necessarily feel like we belong. And so I think initially when I decided to start my podcast, I thought I had to show up that way. I thought I had to show up as like the corporate version of Janice, right? Like the Investopedia version of Janice. And it wasn't until I said, you know what? This doesn't feel authentic and I'm not excited to show up like this, but I would be excited to show up like I'm going to brunch with my girlfriends and we're going to talk about money, you know, with um, no holds barred. That's when I really started to feel like this was something different. And that's when I started to show up authentically. So showing up as yourself, especially as a content creator, it's like, 
you must, because who are you going to be if it's not you, right? If people can see through the BS, people can see when you're just trying to like, you know, package yourself in this perfect box versus showing the struggle, showing the realness, showing what makes you different. That's what people actually connect with. Um, in order to actually grow your income as a business owner, you have to get very clear on how what you have to offer can help people and then be able to communicate that. Because when it comes down to it, when people spend money on anything, it's an emotional purchase. If you're able to connect on the emotional level with somebody and show them how working with you or buying whatever it is that you sell can have some sort of transformational impact on them, that's when you start to see the return on investment. And I think it's also important to diversify your income streams. When I was just blogging, I was just making a certain amount of money. But when I gave myself permission to not only have this one identity, but also try something else, that's when things started to really take off. And I think it's important to give ourselves permission to evolve as business owners. What I was doing in 2013 is not what I'm doing now. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's, I think it's so important as a business owner, like if you're not creating passive income and you have to show up for every dollar that you earn, you have literally created another nine to five hamster wheel for yourself. So if you take nothing else away from that, as you're scaling your business, you must incorporate some sort of passive income or you're going to be on the hamster wheel forever. I think a lot of us want success, whatever version of success that is, but we're too scared to put in the work because the work feels scary. The work, the investment, the time, the energy, the risk of failure, that's where things stop for a lot of us. And I knew that, you know, me as an introvert, doing what I do now doesn't make any sense. Not even my brain sometimes. I'm like, I'm literally getting hired to do speaking engagements where, you know, I was a freaking teenager and I would literally like break out into hives from, from the anxiety of having going to go up and like talk in front of an audience. So this fear kept me behind the scenes for a very long time. And I think that's also why I became a food blogger. Cause I'm like, nobody cares about my face. They just care about my recipes. <laughs> and even as a podcaster too, I'm like, nobody cares about my face. I just got to show up and talk on a mic and nobody will ever see me. Um, but it wasn't until I gave myself permission to go beyond that, that things started to really happen for me. So I think when, when I think about that quote, it's really just like that work ethic is not going to be able to replace any number of courses that you buy, any number of books that you read, any amount of advice that somebody gives you. You have to start implementing the stuff that you're learning because learning it is not enough. And that goes down to the same thing with money, too, right? Like you can read till the cows come home about how to start investing. But if you never start, then you actually never accomplish anything. So at some point, we're done with the learning. Let's get to work. 